0: Us have felt the fads come in and out in our lives. And for me, I remember when I was a kid, uh, what was especially true, I was a big WWF fan. Anybody ever followed the WWF back before it was WWE. <laughs> that was a whole like copyright issue that went down. But the WWF was the thing back then and for me I, I loved watching wrestling. In fact, my friends and I would play WWF in the bedroom there. I had a, I had a large room as a kid because I was the only boy. So they stuck me in this very large room and I enjoyed it. I had my friends over and we played WWF. we jump off the, off the bed. We hurt each other severely. All kinds of bruises, uh, suplexing on the bed. Uh, I don't know what my mother, uh, I don't know how she did it. I don't know how she put up with us. But there are all kinds of stuff that happened in that off the top rope, like elbows to the forehead. I mean, it was bad back there. It was a chaos. It really was. And some of you laughing because you did that too. All right, I don't know how many guys did that and some of you girls maybe too, but I found that that was, that was, that was a fun thing. It was a, one of my favorite guys was the Ultimate Warrior. The ultimate warrior. And he would grab the rope and he would do this. Sh- you know, he, would, he, w- he was just intense, right? He had, these, he had this wrap around here and wrap around his muscles are bulging. I'm like, I want to be like the ultimate warrior when I get older. And then I woke up and realized that was a silly idea. <laughs> but I loved watching him. And one of the things that really was great about watching some of these wrestlers was the fact that they were masked. Some of these guys, especially the ultimate warrior. He wore a different kind of mask. In fact, it was like painted mask. And he would wrestle and he would fight, obviously, all these things. And then after a while, some would start peeling off. And after a while, they're sweating. Of course, they're slapping each other, elbowing each other. A lot of stuff happens. You can't, you know. The paint started peeling off. And I start to look at it and go, I think I know what he looks like. (laughs) And you start realizing when this one piece comes off, oh, I think I see him. I think I see who he really is. You know, that was a fascinating part. And sometimes there would be a, a character that would go up and he'd be wrestling and he'd have like a physical mask, right? And then they would grab him and he would be in a situation where they're about to unveil his face and they're about to do it. And all of a sudden he <laughs> and then he would do some crazy move and get out of it and pull the mask back down. They will never know who he is. And the mystery remains. So that was a fascinating part of watching wrestling growing up, that, that, that fantasy of like, oh, maybe I'll get to, and then there would be maybe an uncovering, right? Well, that's kind of that's where I want to go with here this morning. I want to talk to you about unmasking some of the mysteries that is love, the mysteries that comes with Christmas. So I want to talk to you about unmasking love, unmasking love. Love, you see, I so badly wanted to know the identity of these wrestlers that I would wait that I would be on my, almost on my toes looking at the screen. Todd, do you remember that at all? Do you remember watching? WWF. Anybody else remember that? Anybody? And you will be watching and you're like, "I think I see something." you know? and, and, and that mystery, that moment. You know, there's a mystery to God's love that I want everyone in this room to discover. And my goal this morning is to, is to, is to keep fighting till so we can pull the mask off of this mystery that is the love of God. And, and show the world that there is something under there. And there is something to this Christianity. There is something to this Bible that gives me hope. There is something to this that gives me strength. There is an unmasking of love that I want to kind of bring to the surface here today. You see, my attempt this morning is that you would find Jesus through unmasking this love. You see, one thing about Christianity is that knowing Jesus and who he is is very different than knowing about him. Knowing who he is is different than knowing things about him. Some of you know things about certain people in this room. Raise your hand if you know something about someone else in this room. You know something about somebody, right? You, you can know a lot about them. You can know, oh, I know them. They live in Milton. Or I know them that they work here. Or I know about them. You can know a lot about someone. But do you know them? Would they call you Friend can you identify yourself in a different way with them than just an acquaintance? See, because Christianity is interesting because Christmas, it's universal to people because they love gifts. So Christ is not as universal in a lot of ways, but Christmas is. You don't have to believe in Christ to believe in Christmas. People people that don't believe in Christ get gifts every single day. You don't have to believe in Christ to celebrate Christmas in your own way. There's, they'll, they'll find alternatives. Easter found an alternative in the bunny. Christmas found an alternative in Santa. There's a lot of people that'll find an alternative way. Oh, is there something wrong with that? You decide that. I'm not going to decide that here this morning. But what I am going to say is people will find a way to enjoy what they want to enjoy and get the benefits without having to commit. And I'm telling you today that Christmas is one of my favorite holidays outside of Easter and the first day of school. As a parent, yeah. Okay? It's a special time. Because God didn't have to do what he did for us. He didn't have to send his son. But see... As we look at this text this morning, I want us to look together at John chapter 14. Can we do that? Just a few verses. John chapter 14. We're going to begin at verse 6. John 14 verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You with me? And no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that and that will be enough for us. <laughs> Has have you ever said this? Have you ever said, if God would just do the miracles that he did in the old testament, I would believe him more. How many ever th- at least thought that? Be honest. Okay, some of you not being fully honest. If you've seen the miracles, you think to yourself for a moment. If you've seen the miracles that you've seen in the Old Testament, some of you have convinced yourselves that you would, you would believe God more if you've seen what the Old Testament people saw. But guess what? The Israelites saw that and they still at times didn't believe. If you're convinced of something, it's going to take a whole lot more than a miracle to convince you otherwise. There are people that believe that God was God and I am me and he is him and I'm not going to necessarily intertwine that. I'm going to do what I want to do. But here Jesus now assimilates saying, if you know the father, you will know me. And Philip says something that I believe a lot of us at some point in our lives have said, show us the father and that'll be enough. How many times did God have to intervene in your life before you say, okay, God, you got it. You win. I only win when Jesus is Lord of all. How many mistakes do we have to go through? Been there? I've been there. How many things do we do wrong before we say, okay, I need to get this right? So Peter, I'm sorry, Philip said this, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, and said, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, he's saying, I've shown you the Father. Through my life and everything that I've done, I've shown you the Father. Watch this. He goes this, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I don't speak of my own authority. Rather, it is the the Father living in me who is doing his work. Now, last verse. You ready? Watch this last verse. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe in the evidence of the works themselves. He's saying, if you, don't, if you look at me and you don't see the Father, at least look at what's happening around you. Church, look at me. I need you to hear this because this is a formula that will help you through your life. When you look to people and they fail you, raise your hand if someone's ever failed you. Okay, 100% participation is great. Because everyone has had somebody fail them, right? If someone has failed you, you know what this verse is saying to me? If I've been wrong, if someone has failed me, if someone has hurt me, I can't give up on God because there's also evidence around me that God is present. There are times that I I only look to people and when they fail me, forget it. I give up on mankind. How many said that this year? Forget it, I give up on mankind. Jesus, come, just come. Wipe them out, Sons of Thunder Yeah. Anybody thought that before? Like, all right, just wipe the earth, Lord, and save me and my peoples. Because this is a hot mess out here. Let's just forget 2020, and you know what? Go ahead and add 2021 for some of us. Because it's been a rough year, but guess what? God's like, I'm not done. That's because the world has had their way for far too long. But what if the church arises? What if the church starts to believe? What if the church starts to prophesy? What if the church starts to speak life to people around them? What if the church starts to pray? What if the church starts to do something instead of just sitting back waiting for God to do everything? You know what he's saying here? If you have seen me, you've seen the Father. And if you don't believe that, look around. Because there's evidence. I've leaked evidence all around me. You know what I found to be true? That no matter how many funerals I do, I realize that that person's, the death of their life doesn't end their life. Their impact goes on and on and on. Good or bad. Mostly good. But sometimes bad a little bit of both, right? The impact that we leave, why? Because we leak. I like, I forget the philosopher that said that one time, or a preacher that said that. He says, why do I have to ask for God to refill me every day? Why? Because I leak. And sometimes I'm broken, I'm a broken vessel. Hello? I'm a broken vessel that sometimes things come out of me that, aren't, that shouldn't come out. Sometimes, you know, things in my life kind of drain me. Anybody ever felt drained? Yes? Somebody like, Pastor, stop polling me. But I got to make sure you're awake. It's the day after Christmas. Hello? Right? So, so, so we say, there's evidence all around me. Is there evidence of your worship? Is there evidence of your surrender? Is there evidence of you loving God all around you? That's a good question, isn't it? I'm glad you asked it. So, so we realize that when we unmask love, we unmask everything that came with it. Right? When we unmask love, when we start to take a good look at who, who Jesus is and what he's done for us, you realize that everything that comes with Jesus comes unto that? You can't be like, let me unmask God. Okay, and let's cover that part back up. I don't want to see that part because then it affects my life too much. It's either you get God or you don't. You either realize that he is forgiving you so we should forgive others or you don't. You can't pick and choose the parts you like. As much as some of us would want some whiteout. Anybody ever read the word of God and you were like, oh, I wish that wasn't in there. <laughs> Dang it, can we get somebody give me some whiteout because this is not right. Let's take that out and I'll be everything else. I'm good if that verse wasn't there. No, no, it's all, all of it. And we don't like it all the time, but it's true. It needs to be there. So there's a couple things we need to be reminded for, and it's my job to do it this morning. You ready? Let's be reminded of a couple things as we look at this text because believe me when I say to you, I am in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe the evidence of the works themselves, the things that have happened around, right? That's what Jesus uh, is trying to tell the disciples here. He's trying to tell them. And he's, listen, he's not just trying to tell them, watch this, he's trying to prepare them from when he is not physically present because it's the evidence that's going to keep them going at times. How many of you ever said this, these worry words? You ready? I'm walking on fumes only right now. Some of you are like, that's that's ironic. I drove in fumes this morning. I really need to get gas. How many of you felt like you were walking on fumes? You're like, man, I don't know how I finished this 12-hour shift. I am exhausted. I don't even know how I finished this week. I don't know what. Anybody ever felt like that? You felt like that? You're like, wow, I'm, in, I'm like walking on fumes only. There's no real gas in the tank. I'm just barely making it. You ever felt that way? Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about when I say, you know, there are times in our lives that we go through that, and we need to ask God to fill us. And how do we do that? But unmask the things in our lives that reveal the love of God to give us that strength to keep moving forward, because we need that strength to move forward. How many can need? How many can use a little love in your life? Yeah, just nod at me. Just tell me you're alive. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we can use that. So here's the number, here's the number one thing I want us to understand out of three quick things I want to share with you here this beautiful Sunday morning. Watch this. Number one, Jesus is God. This is very important because I need to unmask this. This is a game changer. If Jesus is not God, if Jesus is not part of the triune Godhead, then, then there's a problem because it starts from there. It stems from there. John 14, 7 of our text today tells us if you really knew me, you would know the Father as well. There's a picture and depiction of separation almost. God in three persons, the blessed Trinity. Yes? He testifies about God. He's not an image of God only. He testifies of God being his own person. We are not the son of God. We are sons and daughters because we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Why? Because he died for us. But we're talking about the literal son of God who came and died for you and me. Matthew three seventeen says, God the Father says, this is my son in whom I love and I am well pleased. Again, a differentiation. You see that? In John fourteen 8, our text where Philip says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can, how can we say, uh, or oh, how can we know the way? Right? He's giving them a good question. That's a good question. If, if, listen, if we don't know where we're going, how are we going to go there? And Jesus responds in verse 9. Watch this. Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. Show us, how can you say show us the Father? He's trying to tell them, stay with me. Philip, just stay with me. And I believe God is saying that to his church. I want every believer in the house to look at me, eyeball to eyeball. If you're online, take a look at your screen right now and I need you to focus right here, right now. God is saying, stay with me. I know that things around you have blown up. Stay with me. I know that things have been chaotic, but stay with me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Stay with me. The only way you can see the Father is if you stay with me. Come on, tap your neighbor real quick. Tell him, stay with me. And if it's your spouse, don't say that twice as hard. Stay with me. See, during Christmas, people all over the world are looking for peace and hope. They're looking for God and and when stuff goes down, they don't want the evidence, they want God. But sometimes evidence is all we got. Because time gets tough. Things get difficult. And Jesus, he wants to tell us. In John 14, 11 in text, it says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe the evidence. I love what C.K. Chesterton once said. He said this, and some of you may have read this when I was putting this together. I shot it out on Facebook, uh, maybe even Twitter as well. uh, C.K. Chesterton said this, it is often supposed that when people stop believing in God, they believe in nothing. Alas, it is worse than that. When they stop believing in God, they believe in anything. Listen, friend. We're living in a world that They'll say that they believe in God. But worse than that, hello, they'll believe in anything. Anything attached to the word God. Anything attached to the word God, they'll believe it. Oh, it's God, so it's good. Oh, they mentioned God, so they must be a Christian. Oh, they said salvation, so they must be a believer. Can I tell you something? We got to look at this carefully. Because there has to be evidence. There has to be fruit. And if their lives show no fruit, be very careful what you take as gospel. Can I give you a hint for 2022 right here? If their life shows no fruit, be very careful who you take advice from. Because anyone could say anything about anything. But if there's no fruit there, I'm not going to have you give me life-changing, life-altering advice. You can't even get your life in order. That doesn't mean that we're going to wait around for the most perfect person to give us all the advice because then I can't even counsel. Because I ain't perfect either. But guess what? If we listen to every voice, we're going to be like this person. We believe anything. And there's a lot of spiritual people that don't know God. You ever met somebody that's very spiritual? In their eyes, they're spiritual. They said a lot of different things about God, but they they have no fruit. Be very careful with that. I'm not going to question whether they're saved or not. That's not my call. My call is to be a witness, not a judge or an executioner, right? My call is to be a witness, and I will do that. So the first one is Jesus is what? God. Jesus is God. Number two, Jesus is salvation. Yeah? Jesus is salvation. In verse six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except Through me. I want to unmask this for a moment. I need you to understand that there's a lot of different ways to walk this life, but if that way doesn't include Jesus, that way is wrong. Plain and simple. If that way doesn't include Jesus, that way is wrong. I said it a multiple times. And believe a lie, empower the liar. You believe a lie, you empower the liar. And there's a lie going on out there that you can do enough to be saved. Listen, you can't walk enough people across the street. You can't give enough during Christmas. You can't do enough to earn salvation. It only comes through Jesus. Only, only through Jesus, period. Jesus is salvation. Anyone that tells you anything other than that, question it. Stop it. Once and for all, go to Acts 4.12. Realize there is no other name on the heaven whereby we must be saved except the name of Jesus. That is the call. That is the promise. That is the protocol. It's Jesus. Jesus and Jesus. He is the name. He's the one that gave his life. The doorway to salvation is to Jesus. He is the 911. He is 911. Pastor Tony, relax. It's Christmas. (laughs) I'm passionate about this because I'm sick and tired of people going to hell on my watch. Pastor Tony, that's strong words. Absolutely. Because you and I both know people that are going to hell and some of us are okay with that. I'm not. Jesus is salvation. We got to do something about it. That's how come we're doing all the, that we can to love people in the community, to give a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus, to do whatever we can to let them know that there is hope and that hope is Jesus. And that reminds me of a story. Alicia, can I just get that cup real quick? Where's that cup? Right next to you over there. I need a sip. There's a true story that happened in 1981. There was a story. Thank you. Thank you so much. There was a story told. A Minnesota radio station reported a story about a stolen car in California. Police were staging an intense search for this car and uh, for the vehicle and the driver. And it wasn't because the vehicle itself was so important. It wasn't even uh, because the person that reported it wanted their car back. They actually contacted the police and they said, we need you to find this car as soon as possible. And they were like, oh, they stole your car. Sir, ma'am, you know, whoever that person is. They said, we will look to find your car. We'll put a, you know, put a sign on, make sure we find your car. They said, but you don't understand. You need to find this car as soon as possible. They said, we're working on it. Why are you so intense about this? They said, because we have Crackers that are laced with poison that we were going to put to get rid of some, some, uh, some vermins in our property but we put it on these crackers that are on the front seat and if we don't get to that person they might think they're crackers and, and they, they, this will surely take their life and so they put this big bolo out for this car they needed to find this car and guess what when they found the car the car kept driving they were trying to stop this car and he kept going, kept going. Why? Because the driver thought they wanted the car. What they really wanted to do is save the guy's life. Sure, they will take the car back and they will, you know, they will. but they were worried more about this guy who might just reach over and take a cracker or something. He would die on the spot. They were trying to save his life, but instead he was running and running. True story. Now watch this. How many times did we do the same thing? God's chasing us, telling us, come to me. You say, well, God doesn't chase. He loves, and he continues to love. And we continue to run. And we continue to run, thinking he's trying to just convict us of a crime when really he's trying to save our life. Friend, so often we run from God, and we got to realize on this Christmas Sunday, as we unwrap love, I want us to understand You may think you're trying to escape his punishment. What you're really doing is escaping his grace. How far are you from Jesus this morning? You know how far you can be? One prayer away. You're just one prayer away. I don't know where you are, but I know that relationship with Jesus Christ leads to eternal life. Not how many times you attended church. I love the fact that you're here this morning. I love the fact that we're joining together. I love the fact that we are going to continue to live and move and have our being and not live in fear. Hello? Hello, 2022 It's not going to be any different. We're going to gather and gather and we're going to love Jesus together corporately and we're going to grow And in our faith. We're going to grow in body. Hello, we're going to grow in health. We're going to grow in all these elements that God wants us to grow And You know how that happens when we start building relationship with God and building relationship with his people. We're going to love God and we're going to love people. And that is the goal of the church. Always, It should always be the goal of the church. So let's build that relationship. Here's a third thought. Jesus is life. Somebody say it with me. Jesus is life. You see, Jesus wants more from us. He really does. But there's certain things you can't give yourself. And one of those things is eternal life. You can't grant yourself eternal life. You can't be like, I pardon myself. I forgive myself. It doesn't work that way. It is only through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so Christmas is a wonderful time to celebrate the fact that Jesus came as a baby. And he came. And we remember and we the story. We read it over and over again. All these wonderful elements and beauty. Man, we got a chance to watch that chosen Christmas thing yesterday, My, my family and I. And I was just amazed by some of the intricacies and things i'd never quite seen before and it was beautiful if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it and just beautiful beautiful layout of maybe some elements i would never seen before isn't it nice when you get to see something kind of in a way you've never seen before kind of the way passion of the christ did for me and the whole easter story brutal brutal thing but listen it wasn't a walk in the park It wasn't pretty. Jesus' death on the cross was not pretty. That opened my eyes to a whole new side of the cross. And this this opened up a whole new side of the possibility of what Mary and Joseph went through in the birth of Jesus Christ. And I, I want us to understand very clearly that life that was born was a life for you and me. Unto us is born. And to us is given. I found that interesting. Even through the whole week as I studied. As I prayed. As I prepared. And put these thoughts on paper. And I thought to myself. Born unto us. Born unto us. 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 For God so loved us. He was born to us. And that constant God with us. This is us. Us. Right here. But when he came to us, he came to us as life. John 10 10 says, I come that they might have a life and have it to the full or to the fullest. That's the difference between what the world offers and what God offers. The world offers just enough to feel good. God offers enough for us to be good. You see that? That is the anointing. Letting you know that what I'm saying is true. Right on cue. Are you believing me now? Thank you media team for helping me with that. The greatest need that we've ever had in life is to understand that he didn't come just so that you could survive. Look at me. He didn't come just so you can survive. He came so you would have abundant life. What part of abundant life is hard for us to grasp? What part of abundant life is so difficult to want? Somehow many churches have gotten this idea that it's what you hold on to and not who holds on to you. Is that right? Somehow we gotten this idea it's what I'm holding instead of who's holding us don't get it twisted today understand that the greatest gift ever offered to man was found in a manger in Bethlehem so as we unwrap Christmas here this morning I'm going to invite the team to come on up one more time here and I know I had said uh we're going to be worthy of it all. I'd like us to consider what a wonderful name, worship team. Because something struck me in that line of what a wonderful name. And it was about his love. So I want to invite you to this thought here. Romans 8.28, if you would stay with me here. Romans 8.28. We know that in all things God works for the good to those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. God has called us to be about his business. And what happens when we give our lives to him, we realize that he is calling us to a higher level of walk. That abundance is available to every believer in the house. If you're not a believer in the house, if you're not a believer in Jesus, I want you to know something. He has availed himself. He's availed himself to you. So today, would you be willing to pray a prayer with me to say, God, this new year coming up, I want to make myself more available than I ever have before. more than I ever have before. How many can say that to me today and say, you know what, Pastor Tony, I'm with you. I'm with you. So here, I invite you at home, you that are here right now, just bow your heads across this room. Father, Father, we ask you in this room, in this place, we humbly stop for a moment and we realize sometimes we take for granted the salvation the gift of life the fact that you're a mighty God and we take it for granted sometimes unwrap and unmask love this morning and we know exactly what it is we're to do As a church entering a new year. Father, we know you can do great things. Do it in this body, we pray. If you're in this room and you're saying, Pastor Tony, I want 2022 to be better than 2021, 2020. And some of you, that's not a stretch. That's not a stretch. Some of you are thinking anything's better than what just happened the last two years. Guess what? I don't want just enough. I want everything God has for us. So here on this last Sunday, I'm going to invite you. If you are able to make your way to this altar right now, stand to your feet for a moment. And I'm going to invite you to slip up to the front on this last. Listen, this is the last Sunday of 2021. I want us to go out praying together. Can we do that? So come, if you're willing to make 2022 a greater year than you ever imagined. Join me here at the front. Join me, join me. Come, I'll wait for you.